Hi, this is Robert Helms, and thanks for listening to the Real Estate Guys podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Take a quick moment to give us some feedback on our iTunes page. We'd really love to know what you think. Thanks so much. Now, on with the show. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms, and do we have good news for you today on the show? That's right. The experts agree, ladies and gentlemen, that recovery of the real estate market is on the way. We'll tell you more when we come back. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio network. Go online with the Real Estate Guys. The Real Estate Guys need your help. We're conducting an online survey to learn more about the information that you're looking for and how we can help grow the Real Estate Guys radio program. Just a few minutes of your time will help us help you. While you're online, subscribe to our e-newsletter. You'll automatically be entered to win a cruise with the Real Estate Guys. Help us to help you. Go online with the Real Estate Guys at realestateguysradio.com. realestateguysradio.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Happy New Year. Happy New President. With me this week, let's meet the guys. It's our financial strategist and uh, co-host, the same old guy in the same old seat, Russell Gray. Same old guy, New Year. New Year, yeah, that's for sure. And uh, the godfather of real estate. Been investing for decades and decades, Mr. Bob Helms. So I'm a slightly older guy, just as happy to be here. There you go. Well, we have a, a great show for you. We're all excited uh, this week because, of course, uh, we have a new president and uh, change is on the way, uh, I, I suppose, uh, And uh, just like every time we get a new president. And, uh, and then uh, we're excited because uh, the experts finally agree, ladies and gentlemen. Here it is. Recovery of the real estate market is on the way. It's coming. They all agree. They just don't agree as to when exactly. So that's what we're going to talk about uh, details on the show. Last week, of course, we talked about the real estate market cycles and uh, really focused on uh, when a market recovers and goes from the recession uh, to recovery, kind of from that down uh, part of the market to when it uh, heats back up uh, or starts to makes the turn, if you will. And so uh, what's happened since uh, last week and this week is a lot of reports have come uh, out and expert predictions on when this market's going to turn. Uh, every uh, month when we do our real estate uh, investor mentoring club, uh, we look at kind of some of the headlines and what's going on. And uh, every January, we look at what are the experts predicting for the new year. And then we started off with looking at how the experts predicted last year and how well did they do. We're not going to spend time on that uh, today on the show, but we are going to go over what some of the uh, expert predictions are so we can get our minds around when is this thing going to turn and uh, and what does it mean to me? Well, and really, that's what really matters, isn't it? You know, when you think about your life and all this stuff going on and what's in the news and all the doom and gloom headlines or even everything going really great and everybody's all excited, at the end of the day, uh, it's really what you choose to do, how you choose to look at it and how you choose to respond to it. If things are going great and you don't do anything, then things aren't going great for you. There you go. And if things are going bad for everybody else, but you keep your nose to the grindstone and look for opportunities and uh, maybe uh, think a little bit contrarian and do what other people are too afraid to do, you might find some real opportunity. Yep. You mean like take action? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because if you don't take action, it's just all interesting academically and nothing happens to change the way things were for you. You know, I was thinking about this the other day because, you know, we spend get a chance every once in a while when uh, Mr. Kiyosaki comes and does the show with us. And he talks in his books about A students and how A students uh, always want to get everything right. And they always think if something goes wrong that uh, it's somebody's fault. And so they are very hesitant to make mistakes. They're afraid to make mistakes. And one of the things that this market will teach you if you've been investing over the last several years is that through no fault of your own, you can end up having some real challenges. 
And that doesn't mean that you made a mistake. It doesn't mean that anything's wrong. That's just called part of being a human being. If I get in a sailboat and I sail off in the ocean and I check the weather report and I did everything I was supposed to do and all the experts agreed that the sailing was going to be smooth and all of a sudden unexpectedly a storm comes up and knocks me, you know, for a loop, did I do anything wrong? Is there something wrong with me? Should I quit and never go sailing again? Um. Imagine this. Imagine you got a group of people get on a plane and say LaGuardia, <laughs> and they're headed to, to Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. Nice real estate market right now. A lot of things going on in Charlotte. And uh, a funny thing happens on the uh, takeoff. Uh, instead of running into uh, smooth winds, they run into birds. And before you know it, uh, the flight turns into a cruise. Who put those birds there? Whose fault is that? Right. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, the uh, news story that uh, we're talking about a few weeks back, and it turned out fabulously well because the pilot was well trained and experienced and didn't panic and did the right thing and took control of a situation. And everybody had a very different day on that flight than they had expected to have. But other than the one guy that got charged to rebook his flight, <laughs> did you hear about that? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. Oops. Sorry. Um, other than that one guy, right, that that that, uh, that they made the best of what happened. And that's all you can do as a real estate investor. You may get on the wrong plane and it may not end up where you want to be. But as long as you're still alive at the end of the day, you get the lesson. This isn't a blame game. No reason to blame this. Right. For instance, there's a lot of people who bought property uh, in 2006 and it's worth less today than it was then. Is that the real estate agent's fault? Is that the market's fault? Or was that your fault? It's not even your fault. It just happens that way. We all know that real estate is a cyclical business, that over time, properties go up in the long term. And very often in the short term, they fluctuate a lot. If you've ever seen any single real estate graph it's not just a smooth, straight line. It goes up and down and up and down and up and down. Right Every month I show graphs and different things in the different parts of the industry and what segments of the market and what areas and so forth. And it's a up and down, up and down. It's a roller coaster. That's the way it works. And you're never going to get every single one. Your mission as a real estate investor is to... Learn all you can, be clear about what you want, understand your strategies, and with the information that comes at you, make the best possible decision at that moment. You can make a decision to do nothing. You can be so conservative that you say, you know, if I don't do anything, then I can't possibly do anything wrong. Well, there's so many things that happen because you didn't do anything wrong, because you don't have total control. If we go back to that story about the airplane you were just talking about, you could say that airplane had the ability to ingest but not digest those birds. Now, true, the National Transportation Safety uh, Board hasn't yet ruled on if whether that's what happened or not, but we think that's what happened based on the stories we had there at the time. Now, it wasn't the plane's job to do anything more than fly. Thank goodness it was the pilot's job to do something more than fly. Just an amazing story. And if you looked at statistics, there wasn't any reason you wouldn't have taken that flight. There isn't any reason why you wouldn't have done the best you could do at the time. There's a better reason to take that flight now. How many times does it happen? <laughs> That's right. I That's think right. the LaGuardia to Charlotte flight is a is a safe flight from here on out, right? Because you know what? We're, uh, we were we don't have to a... worry about those birds again. No. <laughs> yeah, they don't. We were getting on a flight the other day, and the U.S. Airways flight is next to us, and the guy we're traveling with says, U.S. Airways flight number 217, now leaving for the Hudson River. 
didn't think it was that funny. All right, so uh, here's what uh, what they're saying. We're looking at lots of different sources for information. And, of course, nobody can predict the future, but everybody has their idea. And they take the data that is out there and try to make the best guess as to where it's going. And, uh, again, there's th- everybody has a different opinion. Uh, Money uh, Magazine came out this uh, last uh, week and forecasted that for 2009, prices will fall further before uh, the end of the year. Okay, so there's a there's a forecast. If you read through it, it basically says that they're expecting the recession to last for three quarters of 2009, and the uh, market won't upturn until late 2009, according to a couple, a couple people that they've uh, interviewed here, uh, and uh, that they would expect that it would uh, it would start to flatten, if not turn, then. All right, so there's one point on the curve. Lawrence Yoon, chief economist of the uh, perpetually optimistic National Association of Realtors, says that he expects prices to rise in 2008, or to, sorry, 2009, uh, by almost 3%. Okay, so there's two different points on the curve. Uh, last week, uh, I was uh, meeting with a very successful uh, business person and, and real estate person, uh, and uh, she made the uh, guess. She asked me how long till I thought the recovery was, and she thought I was a bit optimistic when I said two to three years, and she, uh, she said, I think four. She says, but I was talking to Donald Trump last week. I always love when I'm in conversations with people who are talking to Donald Trump <laughs> last week, and he thinks eight years. Eight years, Okay. And uh, so, so what else? Well, who else says this? Well, uh, we've got a couple of interesting uh, articles that uh, came out in the last uh, couple of weeks. Moody's Economy made a prediction about the 10 biggest metro areas and uh, what the prices are expecting to do. The worst performing market of the 10 largest metros, Miami, uh, with an expected 2009 median home price change of negative 18.8%. And the best market... Uh, in terms of the top 10 largest metros, uh, Dallas, Texas, which uh, for 2009 is expected to go down only 1%. So according to Mooney's Economy, all of the major top 10 markets in terms of size will all go down to varying degrees. Then we looked at uh, an article that came out from Fortune, and they said uh, that they predicted the 10 worst real estate markets for 2009. Now, this isn't necessarily a uh, large size, but these are all uh, statistical MSAs, metropolitan statistical areas. Uh, the uh, worst market, they expect to go down 24.9% in uh, the year 2009. That's Los Angeles, California. Uh, the rest of the top 10 all are going down 20% or more, except number 10 at 19.9%. But that's Stockton, California, Riverside, California, Miami, Miami Beach, Florida, Sacramento, Santa Ana, Anaheim, Fresno, San Diego, Bakersfield, and then Washington, D.C. So eight out of 10 of those markets in the state of California. Those uh, are the worst uh, real estate markets, according uh, according to them. Relocation.com did a survey on uh, where people are moving. Interesting survey. They uh, do. Uh, uh, they always look at, at uh, if people move from an, out of state, if they do a long-distance move. Most people don't. Most moves are short-distance moves. We move up into a nicer house, or we move into a different school district, or we move out of the house that we got foreclosed on into a rental. Right? <laughs> we, we move in the same general area. But for those folks that are moving, uh, they were tracking the places that people were moving the most. It's really interesting. Uh, for instance, uh, in uh, Detroit, Michigan, for every 100 people requesting information uh, to move into Detroit, 210 are requesting information to move out. That's what we call net <laughs> negative migration. And uh, and then uh, leading the city that has the most people moving in rather than moving out, Las Vegas, Nevada. 
Now, interestingly enough, Las Vegas, Nevada has been hit real hard by uh, the pricing and, and all that. One of the one of the three worst states in terms of uh, uh, performance and median home price in the last 12 months. But housing starts are down. People are moving in. The properties that are on the market, uh, days of the market is lessening. So it doesn't mean we're at the bottom, but we're certainly at the turn. So that's what some of the experts are, are, are saying. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, what the range of possibility looks like uh, for the recovery. And then, more importantly, we're going to spend the second time of uh, second part of our show today talking about what that means to you and what you can do about it. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Equity Happens. Is it happening to you? Learn more at realestateguysradio.com. In today's crazy economy, you name it, what aren't you worried about? I mean, there's your 401k, banks are failing, and it just seems every day there is more bad economic news. That's why I decided it's time to take action and invest in physical silver. I really like the idea of investing in something I can touch and own, not just a piece of paper that can disappear like some of my stock funds. Silver's a great hedge against inflation, and unlike gold, silver has a huge industrial demand, which which is why some analysts expect it to dramatically rise in value. I also found the biggest challenge in owning silver is finding a place to buy it. I then was lucky that a friend told me about RBOR. They specialize in 100-ounce pure silver bars, perfect for an investor like me. Here's their number, 800-395-1123. That's 800-395-1123. I know their supply is limited. It's 800-395-1123. Crikey! Local real estate market a little slow? If there's no appreciation, there's no equity. No worries. There are lots of markets and many are booming. G'day, mate. This is Luke Chadwick, the deal hunter with Global Property Network. I spend most of my time traveling all over the U.S. and the world hunting down hot markets, great properties, and expert agents. Give us a ring at one 411 4GPN and we'll connect you to great agents in great markets with great deals. That's one 411 4476 Well, mate, got to go. To learn more, go to globalpropertynetwork.com or call us at one 411 4GPN. Don't be shy. Do it now. Are you worried about your future energy costs? With oil prices recently coming back down, many Americans are being lulled into thinking that all will be well and good. But experts predict utility companies are going to see an unprecedented rise in costs as President-elect Obama is planning huge tax penalties for the use of dirty fuel. What can you do about it? Consider solar. Clean, green solar energy is cheaper and easier than you might imagine. Solar Masters is a solar electric generation installation company dedicated to bringing you the highest quality products to develop your own clean energy. And you'll be surprised at how affordable it can be. An installation of solar electric can be your insurance policy against future rate hikes. Solar Masters is offering listeners an unbelievable special. For a limited time, when you mention the real estate guys, you'll get your system installed free of labor costs. Call now at 888-757-7677 or visit SolarMastersInc.com. You can reduce or even in some cases even eliminate your electric bill. 
Call Solar Masters at 888-757-7677 to find out more. Tell them you heard it on The Real Estate Guys. Call 888-757-7677 today. Hi, this is Kendra Todd, winner of The Apprentice, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Today on the program, the experts agree recovery of the real estate market is on the way. And uh, so far, every single expert has uh, agreed that uh, we're going to recover. Um, they haven't agreed on the time frame yet, but we've yet to find a single person who says, nope, that's it. We've seen the absolute highest price that will ever be paid for real estate, and we're now on a slide. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you, if you just think about it, I know we always say this and it, it but you just, if you really think about it, it don't, it, don't give my big clothes now. I'm just, <laughs> okay. I, I just, I mean, to me, it just, it seems crazy that, that anybody could think that somehow real estate is going to fall out of fashion. Well, I don't know, Russ, USA Today just re- <laughs> released an article that said why home prices may take decades to recover decades what until everybody who's alive during this dies and then and then i mean that just doesn't make sense i guess so well yeah. if you look at uh, the the range here we've got uh, lots of folks uh, who have have pinpointed the end of 2009 to early 2010 uh, as uh, as the turnaround time in fact uh, there was a article that came out uh, early in the week um, that talked about worse than expected the jobless claims, uh, further dim housing outlook, and, uh, of course, the big challenges ahead for our new president. Uh, and they were expecting the turnaround of the real estate prices nationwide to happen in the second quarter of 2010. There was an article that came out about homebuilder sentiment. And this is interesting. You know, often on the show we've talked about, hey, this is the worst, um, you know, the worst uh, inflation we've seen since 1983. Or this is the, the most downturn we've seen in a year since the 16 years or whatever it is. And the point we always make is that, well, that means that 16 years ago it was worse and we got through it, right? This is interesting in that the uh, the, the sentiment of the National Association of Home Builders every you know, month, basically, they, they uh, do a, a, an index released on uh, that, 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 that speaks to how confident home builders are. Uh, the index uh, dropped to a record low of eight in January. When it's below, uh, when it's above 50, as, as an indicator, that means that there's positive sentiment about the housing market. It's been below 50 since May of 2006 and below 20 since April of last year. And uh, the last couple of months, it's been at nine. And uh, now the index dropped to eight, the lowest ever. So home builder sentiment is low. At the same time, not surprisingly, new housing starts are low. So if I'm in the building industry, how many of you out there wish you were building single-family houses to be delivered to market now? That would be tough. Yeah, that would be a tough in market, and, and except in a few little sub-markets, right? But for the most part, that's a very difficult uphill battle right now. And yet, uh, what it doesn't say is that they, they never expect houses to return. In fact, David Crow, chief economist for the National Association of Home Builders, said, uh, we do expect 2009 to be the down year, the bottom, and uh, by the end of the year, they expect uh, the uh, the in this case um, the number of sales that the price is necessarily uh, to turn. Now, what's interesting is you look at all these different estimates, and if I had to to sum them all up, I'd say that the majority of folks 
Uh, Trump on the outside, no, USA on the outside, decades, then Trump at eight years, uh, and uh, on the on the far side, NAR saying uh, they're going to go up in 2009. Uh, somewhere around uh, the last quarter of 2009, first quarter of 2010 is where people say uh, the turn's going to happen. What's interesting, though, is if you look at the numbers, you can glean a lot. According to Freddie Mac, they, tr- of course, track uh, the um, change in median home price as well as sales volume, uh, like a lot of uh, folks do. Uh, looking at the annual change for the last quarter that's available, the second quarter, uh, I'm sorry, the third quarter of 2008, the, the fourth quarter numbers aren't quite complete yet. Uh, typically, it takes about a month to do that, and so we're really close. But uh, from the third quarter of 2007 until the third quarter of 2008, that one-year period, that's been a tough tough real estate market, right? Many, many markets down. The states of California, Nevada, and Florida down more than 20% median home price in that time period. But six states during that same time period have gone up. Not a lot, none by double digits, but six states have gone up, which would tell you that perhaps we've started to see the turn. Now, I'm not here to tell you that the market is all turning, right, or that that is enough information to draw a conclusion from, but it's one of the many, many things that will show you when we start to turn. Last week when we were talking about how we see the recovery happen, we looked at one of those, some, some of those indicators. This is clearly one of those indicators when we see that markets are starting to increase. Now, this is a state-by-state uh, report. And a, a state is way too big of a geographic area to give you any meaningful information, unless what you're looking at is super macro. And in the case of turning from prices declining to prices going up, then it's interesting to see at a high level like that. Well, those are small quantities, if you will, at the same time. You know, we always talk about the fact that markets are local, and they are local. What's What's pervasive in this whole atmosphere is that we're tied so much to the shakiness in the financial foundation that affects virtually everybody. In fact, if you look at some of the other people, I was looking at a note by Sam Zell, who's a zillionaire, longtime investor, primarily in the commercial part of the business, who simply says it's not a financial crisis, it's a confidence crisis. That confidence is not just the people who want to go get the loan, it's the investor who has very stringent conditions on giving you the money under which he's going to give you the money. That's consumer, about confidence there. Consumer confidence is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Don't take my word for it. Go back and study it. It's exactly what happens. And things are bad and everything's awful and the headlines blare at you how bad it is. Then you go home and you go, oh, man, it's so bad. And it just continues. What you think about comes about. And when times are great and everything's great, everybody's great, no matter, I don't have a job, but it's great because everyone says it's great. It's the same exact thing. You need to be very careful of controlling your emotions during times like this. All right, what else are uh, the experts saying? Well, experts are looking ahead to, for this being a little bit of a rocky road in real estate, uh, but they uh, also don't see any huge, giant spikes in interest rates. Most of the experts we polled uh, tend to believe that interest rates are going to stay low. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know. You know, the, the people talk about low interest rates. I think in the short term, for sure, interest rates are going to stay low. Could be the next 12 months, could be the next 18 months. But when you think about really what creates interest rates, it's the supply and the demand for money. And the world, I think, over this last economic crisis has demonstrated that uh, U.S. Treasury bills continue to be the considered the safest investment. Uh, you know, if you're a mom and pop out there, you know, and you have less now these days than $250,000, your money is safe in the bank. Why? Because less than $250,000 is backed up 
by the federal government through the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. So you can put your money in there, and unless the United States government fails, that money is guaranteed. Well, when you have more than $250,000 and you want to get that same guarantee, what you've got to do is go buy treasury bills or bonds issued by the United States government. They're considered to be the safest. And and when you look at demand and what it takes, if I'm selling T-bills, in the marketplace, I'm the U.S. government, in order to attract buyers, when there aren't very many buyers, I have to raise interest rates. But when lots and lots of people want to buy what I'm offering because they're fleeing to safety, I can sell for very low interest rates. And in fact, we've seen T-bills down to almost zero. And so at some point in time, since they can't go below zero, they only have one direction to go. And that's up. And at some, I'm glad po- you pointed that out. Yeah, well, I'm just saying at some point as the world says, hey, I'm looking for better yield and our government needs to continue to fund its ever-expanding debt, it really is going to have to offer higher interest rates to attract that money. And so I think it's fair to say that over a period of time, it might be three years, four years, five, at some point – we should see interest rates rising to reflect the competition as the world gets more positive. You know, you talked earlier about mindset, and I think that's so huge. You know, it's not just that what you think becomes about like you have some mystic power. Every day in every situation, you have both positive and negative things present. You have opportunities and obstacles every single day. And what you choose to see and what you choose to gravitate towards drives your behavior, and your behavior is really what produces the result. And that can happen on an individual basis, and it can happen on kind of a corporate or social basis. And in this case, we have a global situation right now where people are feeling a lot more down than they are up. At some point, and nobody knows when, that's going to turn. Their need uh, is going to drive it. Uh, and, and as all the different fixes and all the people that have a vested interest in seeing people begin to get confident again, as that begins to happen, then things are going to begin to heat up again. And so that's why it's so hard to predict because it's really not economic indicators. Really, at the end of the day, those are reflections of human behavior. And who can ever predict how people are going to feel? It's just this weird dynamic out there in the world. You know, we're doing our little part out here at the real estate guys, trying to keep people positive, trying to keep people pumped up. Because even in today's market, there's tremendous opportunity if you choose to see it. Well, I think you said it well, Ross, before the show started. You said people can feel like they've been beat up or they can choose to feel upbeat. That's right. And it's their choice. Take your choice. Uh, right now, for instance, what uh, one of the recurring themes was in uh, many of these articles was that, uh, in fact, it was just a, a side uh, bar uh, last minute note was in one of the articles. But for those of you that are able to buy, it'll be one of the best times to buy ever. That's right. Well, duh, right? If you missed the run-up in 2003 and 2004 in many markets, we're right back to those prices. Well, and that's a great point because really that's what's happening. You hear the term all the time, especially in stock investing, but anybody that watches charts will talk about corrections. You say, well, what's a correction? Is that like getting spanked? Is that you know being corrected? Felt or, like it, yeah. A lot of people think that it's a dip. What it is is there's a trend line, and when the market gets hotter than the, than the historical trend line, it creates a little bit of a bubble. When it dips below, then the, there tends to be pressure for it to return back up to the trend line. And, and right now, in, in especially those overheated markets, you know, Florida, uh, Nevada, uh, California, they went way past the trend line, and now they're snapping back. The other markets, I would be willing to bet, and you didn't detail them, that have come up a little bit are probably markets that weren't hyper-appreciating during that same period of time. You're psychic. All right, what can I tell wow. you? Wow. 
That's amazing. It's exactly right. And, uh, you know, that's the thing. I mean, all of the experts are saying that we will see prices rise again. Every single one. Could not find any research by anybody saying, that's it, it's never coming back. But it's going to be a while. So we're shifting from what was a great run-up market to a much more normal market, if you will. The question is, what can you do about it? That's what we'll concentrate on on part two of our program today. When we come back, it'll be time to play Real Estate Trivia. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Chadwick. Look, Chadwick. Real estate, like diamonds, are forever. So when it comes to real estate, never say never again. I travel the world for global property networks, buying out hot markets, experienced agents, and great deals. So if the world is not enough and you're looking for investment or vacation real estate anywhere in America or around the globe, call Global Property Network. I've got a gold finger for connecting you to great properties. You only live twice, so to grow your income for the second part of your life, you can live and let die, or you can go for it, like the living daylights. GPN is here to help. From Russia with love, this is Luke Chadwick for Global Property Network. Give Luke and his team at Global Property Network a license to kill and find you income producing property. Tomorrow never dies, so you need Luke to find properties and deals for your eyes only. Call Luke and GPN today, 877-411-4GPN. That's 877-411-4GPN. Or on the sponsors page at realestateguysradio.com. All aboard. Set sail with the Real Estate Guys on their 7th Annual Investors Summit at Sea. Aboard ship, you'll enjoy first-class dining, awesome entertainment, 24-hour room service, and plenty of fun activities. Unwind at the piano bar, check out the casino action, or stay in touch at the Internet Cafe. Plus, hang out with the Real Estate Guys for a week you'll never forget. We depart from Fort Lauderdale March 21st for Panama, Costa Rica, and Belize, and return March 29th. Call 877-WOW-CRUISE to learn more. That's 877-WOW-CRUISE or go to wowevents.com. There are plenty of great cabins left, but the Investor Summit always sells out. Call 877-WOW-CRUISE to talk to our cruise specialist, Mary Lynn. That's 877-969-2784. 877-WOW-CRUISE. Don't miss the boat. In today's crazy economy, you name it, what aren't you worried about? I mean, there's your 401k, banks are failing, and it just seems every day there is more bad economic news. That's why I decided it's time to take action and invest in physical silver. I really like the idea of investing in something I can touch and own, not just a piece of paper that can disappear like some of my stock funds. Silver's a great hedge against inflation, and unlike gold, silver has a huge industrial demand, which is why some analysts expect it to dramatically rise in value. I also found the biggest challenge in owning silver is finding a place to buy it. I then was lucky that a friend told me about RBOR. They specialize in 100-ounce pure silver bars, perfect for an investor like me. Here's their number, 800-395-1123. That's 800-395-1123. I know their supply is limited. It's 800-395-1123. Guys, they're wild and crazy, but they really know what they're talking about. 
Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning in to the show, whether you uh, do that uh, right there on your computer or on your favorite radio station or uh, via the podcast. We're happy to have you uh, tuned into the Real Estate Guys. And uh, now it is time to reward at least two of you. It's time to play Real Estate Trivia. Here's how it works. We have a trivia question that has something to do with real estate and, believe it or not, something to do with the presidential inauguration. And uh, if you know the answer to our question and you're quick, you could very well win a copy of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate, our book on real estate investing. Find out more at equityhappens.com. This copy, though, autographed by the authors. And uh, that could be yours if you know uh, the question and you're quick uh, to the email. Or uh, we also do a drawing. Everyone who gets the right answer over the course of the week is entered into a drawing for a prize, the same prize. That way you don't have to be listening live on the radio uh, to get the edge, so to speak. So even if you're listening to the podcast, you still have time uh, to respond. When you know the answer, send it to us at trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and address so we know who to send the book to. That's trivia at realestateguysradio.com. First, let's review last week's uh, trivia question. It was about uh, cycles. We talked about real estate cycles, and we asked where was the buy cycle invented. And uh, the answer was uh, it was a Russ Gray question. You what can tell. I tell you? Yeah, it was Scotland. Although a version without pedals first appeared in Germany, the first modern day bicycle was made in 1839 in Scotland. Scotland. Yeah, Scotland. I've so, been spending a lot of time on bicycles lately. You have been I'm trying to work off my holiday pudge. Yeah, but that bicycle you're on never goes anywhere. Yeah. Know what the deal is. All right, here's today's uh, real estate uh, trivia question. We'd like to know who was the first president to be inaugurated in Washington, D.C.? Who was the first president to be inaugurated in Washington, D.C.? If you know that, uh, send it to us in an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. That's trivia at realestateguysradio.com. And uh, you could win an autographed copy of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate. The first president to be inaugurated in Washington, D.C. Who was it? Let us know. And that is today's real estate trivia question. Well, obviously, we had uh, lots of people uh, tune in to see the inauguration of Barack Obama as our 44th president. And, uh, of course, it's a big change. Lots going on. We're seeing uh, people uh, be interested again. And uh, I know, Rush, you've been doing some work into some of the, uh, oh, I guess you call it the political rhetoric that gets uh, tossed around. And uh, what would what, what'd you find there? I, you know what? I have been because one of the things that... Um you know, we talk about the cycles, which we just got done talking about, and and different people's opinions. And obviously, a guy that gets a chance to sit in the office of the presidency of the United States has a vantage point that most of us don't have. They have insights that most of us don't have. And so I thought it'd be kind of interesting to see what these folks had to say. And I found some quotes uh, that really rang true based on what's going on in our economic situation. So uh, this particular gentleman said the expansion of credit facilities by the Federal Reserve System has been of uncalculable in uncalculable value. That's a hard word to say. So uh, talking about the expansion of credit facilities, and clearly we've seen that, and he said that the policies that we've pursued have been to buttress or strengthen our whole domestic financial structure and greatly restore credit facilities because obviously people haven't been able to borrow. It's been really, you know, the inability to obtain financing has brought uh, a real slowdown. And he said that recovery requires another very important element, and that is restored confidence in the future. Earlier, you were talking about consumer confidence and builder confidence. And uh, he said that institutions and people may have resources and credit, but unless they have confidence, progress will be halting and insecure. And so I thought, wow, that is very, very insightful. And then he talked about three things that they had to do in order to produce confidence. He said, first, we need to reduce government spending. 
And uh, then he went on to say that they needed a, we needed a complete reorganization at once, immediately, right now, of our banking system. And obviously, we've seen a lot of that going on. The shocks to our economic life have been multiplied by the weakness of the system, and until remedied, recovery will be greatly hampered. And then he talked about the need for uh, vigorous cooperation with other governments, because clearly, we're in a global economy. Pretty interesting. Uh, let me guess. Uh, Joe Biden? No. Oh, no, no. You said uh, something about less government or less tax. Uh, I think it would be uh, Dan Quayle. <laughs> no. Bob, you Oh, no, wait. Think? I know there were words more than two syllables. That's okay. right. Bob, I don't know who. I don't know, but I think the word's incalculable. The actual word. Whether incalculable. It's, the, the word is incalculable. Is it? In something like that. Well, it's good because I couldn't come up with the answer. I couldn't say it either. That was President, <laughs> Her- Her- yeah. President Herbert... Hoover. Not easy to say there either. Yeah, and most people don't even remember when he was president, but he actually was president during the Great Depression. He handed the reins. That speech came from his State of the Union address in 1932 as he was handing the reins of government over to Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Wow. So uh, even then, there were, uh, you know, I guess there's nothing new under the sun. Well, you know, we're talking a lot about change, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, we all talk about change and everything pretty much just keeps going around in circles. You all have stories that your parents or grandparents told you about buying the house for $8,000 and last year it sold for a million. Here's the deal. Real estate is a long-term investment. It's a long-term investment. We generally say you need to plan on a 10-year hold or more. My personal investment philosophy, never sell. Buy property, never sell. So 10 years or more. Now, here's what happens. You catch a market like uh, 2003 or 2004 and your property doubles in a year. Awesome. Take advantage of it. Do a 1031. Reap the benefit. Do it again. But never lose sight of the fact that what goes up must come down and it's a long-term play. If you buy today and we're not at the bottom of the market, 10 years from now, prices will be up. That's how it works. That's how it's always worked. It's not rocket science, just like it worked when Hoover was president. If you had bought property then in 1932, almost anywhere in the U.S., and waited till 1942, your property would have gone up in value. Yeah. It's just that's how it works. So if you keep a 10-year mentality when you buy real estate, I'm not saying you can't flip property and do well, right? You can do that for sure. You can buy a property, fix it up, add value, what we say, force equity, and turn around and sell it and make money in real estate. Lots of ways to make money in real estate. But overall, real estate is a long-term investment. Franklin Delano Roosevelt became the president in 1932. He lasted until 1948, four terms. We no longer have four terms of the presidency available. But it ties back to the story you mentioned a minute ago. What happened in 1948? My parents bought a house for 8500 that sold a few years back for a million four. Is it going to happen long term? It probably is. The, the beauty about being a buy and hold investor, you don't have to time any markets. All you have to do is maintain cash flow. It works. That, that's the key. But, you know, boy, now how badly do you wish they bought the house next door, Bob? Mm, I mean, 8500 to $1.4 That's pretty good and i didn't even like the house next door but it's still been a great idea yeah so. you'd like it better if your name was on title so so here's the deal <laughs> what that means is that in up years and in down years as real estate investors we have to take some action we have to do something so what we want to do is give you some ideas let's say that 
All of the experts can't be right, but the general consensus is that 2009 is going to be slow. It might continue to go down. Sales might uh, continue to peak. Sales in certain areas are going up. We're seeing that, one of the the signs of a a recovery. But prices aren't yet in most areas, only a couple of areas, uh, a few areas across the country, prices are going up. So the most part, not. Let's say, let's just take take for granted it's going to be a slow real estate market and a slow recovery. That doesn't mean that you're out of the game. What we're going to focus on now is what can you do to take control of the reins in 2009? Well, and, and I think, first of all, is recognizing it's going to continue to still be choppy. And we really don't know. Prices could go up. Prices could go down. It could be a slow recovery. It could be a quicker recovery. I think you need to be prepared for that. And Bob, to your point earlier, which I think was a great one, is the key to surviving a tough market is steady cash flows. You know, um, if you have a good stable business, if you have a good stable income and then you buy a rental property and you've got a good stable tenant, then you have staying power. And if the price drops below your acquisition price and you have a long-term horizon, that's okay. Uh, But there's also the opportunity in in a period like 2009 to feel like, okay, most of the downside has got to be out of the market. How far can prices fall? Therefore, it might actually be a very good time to buy. Plus, we've got the benefit of some great interest rates long-term. And so one of the things you want to concentrate on really in 2009 is just building your uh, skills, understanding the market. You can't, you know, we talk about big markets. We don't tell people, oh, this is the great market. You need to go to this area or that area or this neighborhood or that neighborhood. We know the markets we're investing in. We hear where other people are going and what they're interested in. But we only invest in markets that we've taken the time to get to know. And it's very important if, if, as you go into 2009 that you know the market because just like in a hot market, all some dogs look good. Reverse is true too. I mean, so you can be in a market that maybe looks pretty, pretty bad and think that it's going to recover, but the reality is there's, it's still maybe got worse, more to go. And so, you know, learn the basic fundamentals of finding a hot market, which is, you know, jobs, growth, good employment, good infrastructure, all the things that we've talked about in many shows. And then really work on your skills in terms of the business skills of being a real estate investor and that managing your cash flow, learning how to work your credit, contract law. Uh, tax strategies, asset protection, all of the basic things that you have to have to be a well-rounded investor. And when the market uh, hits the slumps, there's lots more you can do. We'll cover those things when we come back. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live nationwide, you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. All aboard. Set sail with the real estate guys on their seventh annual Investors Summit at Sea. Aboard ship, you'll enjoy first class dining, awesome entertainment, 24 hour room service, and plenty of fun activities. Unwind at the piano bar, check out the casino action, or stay in touch at the Internet Cafe. Plus, hang out with the real estate guys for a week you'll never forget. We depart from Fort Lauderdale March 21st for Panama, Costa Rica, and Belize and return March 29th. Call 877-WOW-CRUISE to learn more. That's 877-WOW-CRUISE or go to wowevents.com. There are plenty of great cabins left, but the Investor Summit always sells out. 
Call 877-WOW-CRUISE to talk to our cruise specialist, Mary Lynn. That's 877-969-2784. 877-WOW-CRUISE. Don't miss the boat. Crikey! Local real estate market a little slow? If there's no appreciation, there's no equity. No worries. There are lots of markets and many are booming. G'day, mate. This is Luke Chadwick, the Deal Hunter with Global Property Network. I spend most of my time traveling all over the U.S. and the world, hunting down hot markets, great properties, and expert agents. Give us a ring at one 411 4gpn and we'll connect you to great agents in great markets with great deals. That's one 411 4476 Well, mate, got to go. To learn more, go to globalpropertynetwork.com or call us at one 411 4gpn Don't be shy. Do it now. Hi, this is Garrett Sutton, Rich Dad's advisor. Remember, equity happens, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Thanks for tuning in to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Now in its 11th year, we appreciate uh, your support of our program. And tell a friend, let somebody else who's interested in real estate know about uh, the show. What a great time uh, to be learning about real estate, because if the market is slow, you can be focusing on the things like uh, sharpening the saw, so to speak, learning the skills necessary. You don't have to worry about your, your losing you know, in the marketplace. Right? People were really... You know, when we started our uh, our live education program, it was in uh, 2001, 2002, and you know there were people that had this feeling like they had they couldn't wait, they couldn't wait to get educated because every day the market was going up in value. Well, yeah, you had to feel that way. If you if there was you know you had a three hundred thousand dollar house out there went up ten percent, that's in a year that's thirty thousand dollars, and you divide that by twelve, that's twenty five hundred dollars a month. The cost of waiting. Yeah, every month that you wait to get started, it was costing twenty five hundred dollars, and so you had people just jumping in, half educated, just buying anything that had, you know, a for sale sign on it, which, you know, became kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, if you will. It was a feeding frenzy. And, uh, you know, I have to admit, I got caught up in it. A lot of people got caught up in it. And then uh, when when the spigot got shut off, the money supply through all the things we've talked about in the past, all of a sudden we saw this uh, big correction, probably the biggest correction that we've ever seen in uh, in real estate in, in you know modern history yeah and uh, the theme of course is most people think that the majority of it has has happened we were we're definitely you know most of the worst is is gone but it's not necessarily over here's a clue if it was important to get educated when the market was going up it's real important to get educated right now if you want to get into it frankly it's not that difficult but you got to do your homework you got to be ready if you're going to make good decisions you know it's real simple if your thinking is I fundamentally absolutely believe real estate will be worth more downstream. Point is, what do I do about that? Buy the best property you can that's available to you today that you can afford to control for that period of time. And as you said, try to pick markets where you expect there to be a reasonable chance that they're going to go up in value more so than other markets. Right? There's just certain markets you know. You don't have to know a lot. To understand that essentially Charlotte, North Carolina is in a better position than Detroit, Michigan. Right. Yeah, I mean, you can go do the study and prove that, that but, you, but most people, just even not real estate investors, just would have a general feeling that that was that tr- probably true. So 
if you spend some time figuring it out, there are markets that are poised for long-term appreciation, where the sustainable drivers point to an increase in demand and a diminished supply. Lots and lots of places around the country that have wor- that have a record low housing starts and increases in population. Well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that only has one possible conclusion. Right. If there's more and more and more people coming to an area and less and less housing available, there's a supply and demand equation that's only going to do one thing to pricing as long as there's capacity to pay. So it's not, it's not that hard, as Bob says. But what you can't do is you can't just sit around and wait for someone to bring you a good deal. Here's the priorities for 2009. Yeah, I think cash flow is number one, right? Cash flow is always number one, but you really see the value of it more than ever. The other thing is getting to work on stabilizing your balance sheet. You know, you're going to have to be stronger as a borrower going into the future. The lending standards are going to be more conservative. Plus, you want to make sure that you've got good stable assets on your balance sheet, things that are not as volatile. We've seen stock market drops 15, 20, 30 percent, sometimes 10 or 15 percent in a single day. That's not very stable. As bad as real estate's been, it's been more stable than what you've seen going on in the stock market. And then, of course, the other one that we talked about as far as a priority is developing your personal skills. But to me, cash flow is number one. Yeah, and so what are some things you can do to uh, improve your cash flow? Well, obviously today, one of the big things is to look at your financing. And uh, if you have good credit, it's still possible to refinance at very affordable rates. If you're in trouble on a property, well, there's an excellent chance to uh, modify uh, a property, renegotiate your loans. And that's really a tool that hasn't been available to us until probably the last six months or a year. And every day that goes by, lenders are getting more and more pliable, if you will, with respect to their willingness. Some would to, say desperate. To modify. Well, I mean, they're getting hurt pliable. too. And they so are. if we can find a way to renegotiate, you know, we've always said, hey, you can only buy the property one time. So if you get a good deal on the property, uh, do it. And you can always redo the financing. But lately, it's been very difficult to redo the financing. But ironically, you can literally go back and renegotiate the price by renegotiating the loan, especially if you can get a principal reduction. Yeah. And so one of the things we're going to be doing this year, which I'm super excited about, is uh, not only are we putting together a seminar on that, so keep, stay tuned for that because we'll give you some information once that's ready to go, but we are going to be getting some uh, very knowledgeable guests. We've been interviewing different uh, companies and experts, and we found some people we think are going to make excellent guests on the topic of loan modification, so we'll be looking forward to that uh, in 2009. What about else about cash flow? Well, think about the taxes you pay, some ways that uh, you might be able to reduce your taxes in 2009. Well, I think the big thing is for the same reason lenders are pliable with respect to the decrease in values. If they foreclose, they're going to take a big hit. So they have motivation to try to work with you. Uh, so also the property tax assessor is dealing with a reality that the property tax assessment you have uh, may not be worth the property may not be worth what it once was. And so we're, uh, we're going to be out there uh, doing some research into property tax uh, renegotiation, if you will, and challenging property tax assessments. Because property tax, if you own a lot of property, property taxes are one of your big expenses. You bet. And depending on where you own, you may have the ad valorem taxes that every time that the property transfers, it goes up. But even in the areas where that's not true, where you have mass appraisal and, and, and the property uh, tax rates don't change when ownership changes, still they're based on underlying value. 
value. And so there's that tool in certain situations, and this is a rare situation, but it's possible to get a tax abatement. We've just negotiated on a property we have a tax abatement because of the nature of the development we're doing. We're able to negotiate not to pay property taxes for a while. Now, that's in the enlightened self-interest of the jurisdiction who knows that if we're allowed to develop under favorable circumstances that eventually there'll be more real estate to tax. But there's lots of ways you can uh, you can uh, ch- challenge your uh, your taxation, not just uh, not just the value of the property when it comes to taxes, but also things like insurance coverage. Yeah, because same thing. The property value has gone down. Your, prop- your, your insurance company is requiring you to carry a certain amount of coverage uh, in order to insure the property. And if the, if, if the replacement value of the property has gone down considerably, then you may be able to get a break on your insurance as well. So you want to meet with your insurance agent uh, and, at this, and, and, and talk to them about what your options are uh, with respect to improving your cash flow by adjusting your insurance. Uh, there's some other things you might consider too when it comes to uh, taxation. None of us are tax experts, so uh, please please understand this isn't advice. These are ideas to get checked out by your uh, tax professional. But there's some deductions you might not be taking. You know, and we've talked about this before, but again, when you go through a time like this where you're not running around chasing deals because you can cherry pick and you're just really getting organized for the next buy cycle, it's a great time to go just review the fundamentals. And one of the things are, if you don't have a little side business set up where you can take advantage of Schedule C deductions as a sole proprietor, uh, that can be a very strong tool to increase your deductions, which will increase your cash flow. You know, it's funny. We used to always talk to people at the seminars about having a side business for that purpose. Now there's another purpose. Yeah. And that is to actually make some extra money. Uh, there you go. Because you know, part of improving cash flow is not just decreasing costs, but it's increasing revenue. And there's a lot of creative things. We, we were talking to a guy the other day that owns a bunch of apartment buildings. And he decided what he would do is he would uh, uh, he got involved in a company that does long distance and, and phone services. And he said, well, every time somebody moves in, I'm going to ask them if they need phone service. And if I sign them up, they might end up being a client for life on their phone service even after they move out of my apartment building. And now my apartment building is prospecting for my side business. I thought that was clever. Pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, and I think the other thing too, that's a great advantage, especially if you're self-employed is a concept of retirement plans. Um, you know, we're, we're coming back to really revisiting and, and, and meeting, uh, talking about the new rules with respect to retirement accounts. A lot of people don't know you can invest in real, uh, real estate using your retirement plans, but that can be one of the great ways to do it right now uh, because it's very likely that as the market recovers over the next 5, 10, 15 years, you're going to see, you know, major gains. And it would be a shame to have to pay property gain, capital, capital gains tax on that when you can do that inside your retirement plan. But by funding your retirement plan, especially if you're self-employed, uh, you can cut a lot of current tax, create a lot of working capital, and then use that to invest in real estate, found equity, forced equity situations, and, uh, and then defer or completely eliminate, depending on the type of retirement plan you use, the, uh, the tax you would have to pay on those gains. Absolutely. So uh, just a couple of ideas uh, to think about. You also want to be getting educated and getting ready. Part of the mindset here is knowing that the next up cycle is coming. Get ready now. Boy, boy, we were always kind of behind the the, the eight ball, he felt like, when the market was rising. Like There was so much to get out there. And, and, and now I feel like we're prepared. You need to be prepared. You need to know exactly what to do. Part of that is because we don't just stay in this marketplace. What's interesting is we're talking about all these down market problems. Meanwhile, we are in real estate markets that are hotter than ever. Right now, personally, we're investing in real estate markets that are doubling in value in a year. Now, that may sound crazy to you looking at what's happening in the United States, but that's because the markets I'm talking about are not in the United States. 
So part of what we've chosen to do is get educated about a much larger geographic area than just the, the U.S. of A. And that may be for you, it may not be, but just understand that if you get educated, that's where the key to both cash flow and equity lie. Where did you discover those markets there, Robert? Where? What do you mean where? Well, I mean, a great way to go discover new real estate markets is to take a cruise. <laughs> Whoa, we're going to show you three of those markets. I see the tee up for a shameless uh, promotion right, of our exactly. cruise. We're going to three awesome real estate markets uh, in March. You can come with us. Uh, still some room on the Real Estate Guys Cruise. Call 877-WOW-CRUISE uh, to find out. And on that uh, that note, I guess uh, we'll look for the market to recover and take action to make sure we're in the right place when it does. Thanks to all of our sponsors for uh, supporting our show. Thanks to Chathan, our engineer, Matthew, our executive producer. Thanks to my esteemed colleagues here in the studio. Nice job, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thanks to you, our listener. Without uh, you, we'd be speaking to no one. Remember, equity happens. Make sure in 2009 it happens to you. See you next week on the Real Estate Guys radio program. This airing of the Real Estate Guys was brought to you in part by our sponsors. Corporate Direct. Get the edge in business and wealth building with asset protection, privacy, and tax savings. Call Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton at 800-600-1760. Global Property Network. Have Goldfinger Luke Chadwick help you find properties from around the world. Call GPN at 877-411-4GPN. Equity Happens Institute. The Equity Happens Institute is dedicated to providing real estate investment education for effective action. To find out more about the Equity Happens Institute, call 866-900-4232. You can find out about these and our other valued sponsors on our sponsor page at realestateguysradio.com. And to learn how you can sponsor the program, call Matthew Pierce at 510-521-5100. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on The Real Estate Guys. In today's crazy economy, you name it, what aren't you worried about? I mean, there's your 401k, banks are failing, and it just seems every day there is more bad economic news. That's why I decided it's time to take action and invest in physical silver. I really like the idea of investing in something I can touch and own, not just a piece of paper that can disappear like some of my stock funds. Silver's a great hedge against inflation, and unlike gold, silver has a huge industrial demand, which is is why some analysts expect it to dramatically rise in value. I also found the biggest challenge in owning silver is finding a place to buy it. I then was lucky that a friend told me about RBOR. They specialize in 100-ounce pure silver bars, perfect for an investor like me. Here's their number, 800-395-1123. That's 800-395-1123. I know their supply is limited. It's 800-395-1123.